Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man whose greatest homecoming was the day he came home from the Middle East and went straight to Taco Bell, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have a man whose greatest homecoming is every single time he comes back from the airport, Dustin Chapman. I travel for work a bit, and that drive, I always take legacy, just looking at the mountains and the lake. You just, no matter where you are in the world, you come home and you're just grateful to be back in Utah heading toward Ogden. Always good to be back in O-Town. And then uh, next, we have a woman whose greatest homecoming was 2016, number 22, Arkansas at home against Ole Miss. They whooped them. Jessica Euler. I had to go with a traditional homecoming football game that we got to be there, watch, and celebrate for days after it. So definitely one of the ones to go down in the record books for us. Yeah, I always love a good homecoming game. Uh, this week on today's show, we have a player interview. We're going to be chatting with junior defensive end George Tarlis. He's going to talk to us a little bit about his journey from Greece to Boise, Idaho, now to Ogden, Utah. And a little bit about George's been a part of some big moments in Wildcat history of football. And so we're going to ask him about those. Then we're going to talk to him a little bit about the game coming up on Friday night this week, the homecoming game against Montana State. Then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about volleyball. Volleyball had a really great week. And so we want to talk about it. We're going to talk about the match against Idaho State and then the big match against Northern Colorado that went all the Wildcats way. We'll break it down for you folks. And then finally, I got a game for the panel this week. It's called Buy or Sell. So I've got some scenarios ready for the our esteemed panel. We're going to talk a little bit about whether they buy or sell on those scenarios. So stay tuned for that one. But before, before we get into all that, I want to encourage you all to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Wherever you find your podcast, you can find Weber State Weekly. So check it out. Be sure to subscribe. And that way, as soon as we upload some episodes, you can get them straight into your feed. Uh, we had a special episode that we'll be pub- publishing a little bit later with uh, Amir Jackson, who was a member of the Alumni Association Board, talking a little bit about the Make Ogden Purple initiative, which is going on this week and beyond. So if you want to get that interview and you missed the live stream on social media, It'll be in your feed real soon. So subscribe to the show. Like we said, we're also on social media. You may be watching this as it happens on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or uh, we also, you can find the show on YouTube as well on the live streams. So check all of those out. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And we've got a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and support the work that we're trying to do. We get cool tools like the one you're seeing here. Helps us to live stream to many different platforms and bring us bring you all the best content that we can produce. So, all right, guys, housekeeping done. Now let's bring in junior defensive end, George Tarlis. George, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly, man. Of course, it's my honor. You guys are doing amazing. Ah, thank you so much. It is our honor to have you because like we said, George, you've been a part of some really big moments in Wildcat football history thus far. Uh, the Montana game had, a, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're there for the 2018 main game, but a number of games along the way. And so, uh, but let's start from the beginning, George. You're originally from Greece. We were talking before we came on the show about a, about a lamb that you roasted this weekend that, man, it looked tasty. And so uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, your journey from Greece to Boise, Idaho to, to Weber State. So uh, what brought your family from Greece to Boise? Uh, so my mother had family here already because she's from the States and the the transition was kind of easier for the average, you know, European guy that wants to move to the United States. And we kind of knew how it would work. We'll go to high school and then trying to get into the college and 
play basketball. At least that's what I thought. And I ended up playing football. But just having that background, it really helped a lot. Yeah. And so, like you said, originally wanted to play basketball, wanted to be the next Giannis Antetokounmpo. Great player, by the way. And uh, but football ended up camp calling and you played two years of football, had a lot of honors in your high school and then got recruited. Uh, Weber State came calling. Talk to us a little bit about that. How did you uh, get on Weber State's radar and what ultimately made you make the decision to say, I'm going to Ogden? Well, I think it was a good school to begin with. And based on my options and other offers I had, it was the most that made sense because obviously there was other walk-on opportunities for basketball and stuff like that. But I didn't want to put my myself through that, those problems when you're walking and you have to deal with everything else, not just playing the sport. So I took that to heart and I just committed to Weber State. And so far, so good. <laughs> so far, really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chapier Jessica, questions for George. So, so George, you mentioned basketball. We've talked, it's well document, documented your love for, for hoops. Who, who besides yourself is the uh, best hoopster on the football team? Oh, around the football team? Um, see, there's a lot, of, a lot of players that have different skill sets, but I feel like size-wise and skill-wise, I, w- I would probably go with Justin Malone. I can see That's- that. Yeah, he's got the yeah. big body, good tight end. He's got the good hands as well. I can see that. Yeah. So what's one thing that you enjoy about football that you didn't expect? Um, understanding the game more. Because when you play basketball, I was I was the point guard. And I, I, I could just see a lot of things at the same time. And the more I try to apply that in football, it's, it's just beautiful. Just watching film, watching football games every Sunday, you know, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot to it and it's its own poetry. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> it's true. It is a beautiful game. Um, so George, once you had committed to Weber state, decided football was going to be the way, got the scholarship, which was important. Like you said, yeah. instead of having to deal with being a walk on, which has its challenges, um, decided to come to Weber State, signed in February of 2017, then sat out in 2017 before playing in all the games in the 2018 season. So talk to us a little, about, a little bit about that. Like, what did you learn from sitting out in 2017 that helped you jump right in in 2018 and play all 13 games? Well, it made me really humble, I want to say. And I, I, it made me have a mindset of the underdog where I had to go get it because I had some really good players in front of me, like... Adam Rodriguez and Federico Tupola and Jonah Williams. So me coming as a freshman, you know, I had to prove my part. Mm. And other than that, it made me a better athlete, just being in the college level of working out every day and running with the team and all that. Running heels. Let me tell you, the first year I ran heels really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was fainting, ready to pass out after number three. So yeah, it really taught me a lot of things, how to be humble and with hard work and dedication. You can really, if you just commit to the program, we have every right tool to be successful. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I guess, a, a, a bonus of playing at Weber State is that uh, plenty of hills to climb up, up at Stewart Stadium. No problem there. <laughs> so yeah. you take what uh, you take what's available to you. And that's definitely one of them. Yeah. 
So George, uh, 2018 season obviously didn't end, way, end the way we wanted. We, before we started the show, we talked a little bit about the main game. It was cold. Uh, it was a struggle. Um, we're not able to move the ball very well that night, and the Wildcats lose. It was not, not super great. But going into the 2019 season, renewed, uh, had a really tough schedule, but came through. And then uh, you were a part of, I'd say, you know, kind of one of the, the probably one of the biggest wins in, in school history. Wildcats beat Montana in the quarterfinals at Stewart Stadium. You had two picks in that game. Dalton Sneed had five, and you had two of them that night. Talk to us a little bit about that night, a little bit about the preparation leading up to it, and uh, kind of the, oh, yeah, we also forgot about the uh, the high mom moment on ESPN yeah. that night. That was good. Talk to us a little bit about prepping for that game and uh, and then playing in it and being a part of it because the weather was wild that night, man. Yeah, it's before we get there, I think the whole mindset came from the regular season game against Montana mm. where we lost at their home. So we were all kind of ready to play better and play at home and just, you know, ball out. But no, the weather really sucked. That's the truth. And mm. it was on the first half, it, it, my toes were so cold. My fingers were so cold. I'm like, this sucks. I can't get a sack. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the second half comes around and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to play and do my thing. And the first pick was, it even surprised me because she almost threw it right into my hands. But <laughs> the second pick, it was just, it was just one of those moments where you just lay down and you let the teammates jump on you and finish the game. And then I got up and I took my helmet off, say, hi, mom. You know, it was, yeah. it, it was an amazing feeling for sure. Nothing, nothing will warm you up like a couple picks. That is, oh yeah, for sure on a cold night. Yeah, I forgot all about the weather after the first pick. <laughs> That's for sure. Hey George, question for you. So, transitioning to, to to last season, you know, there's been some suggestions that that the teams that didn't play in the spring would have an advantage this fall. Montana State being being one of them. You know, do you? Do you feel that's true? Do you see it as an advantage for you guys to have played in the spring or more of an advantage for the teams that didn't play at all? Um, on a personal level, yes, I think it's an, it's an advantage. As a team level now, you just have to deal with the injuries that occur. Um, other than that, you, there's always something to learn when you play games and other teams don't. So you get an advantage on that perspective, but when you look at our schedule, we didn't play easy teams, right? We played mm. ranked teams and that kind of shows how we need to get a little better and tie some screws together and just be better, right? But I think it, we have the advantage of having more games in our head and more experience and just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You talked a little bit about making sure the team plays together and has their screws together this week. Uh, what are the most important things y'all are talking about and prepping for for this Friday night? Um, well, we always talk about the three things that we have to be good at, defense, offense, special teams. Um, but we always have a plan to win that we analyze down and we've got to make certain goals. Obviously, Montana State has a good defense and a good offense. They're really... Um, efficient and productive. So they, they have a lot of turnovers on, on their defense and all these things matter, you know, field position matter, kickoff, kickoff return, all these returns, 
matter. So it goes back to playing good defense, good special teams, and good offense. It goes all together. How important is the crowd to you? So it's homecoming weekend. Hopefully we'll get a good crowd out without having snow or rain this weekend. How important is the crowd to help and make sure y'all do well? Yeah, the crowd is definitely one of the most important things. I feel like when you play a home game, you you play in front of your friends, family, and your community. And it just, you know, when you make a play, you turn around to the stands and everybody's clapping, yelling. I think that's one of those same feelings I had with Montana and the quarterfinals it's it's the same feelings where when you have a lot of people at home games watching your games it's it's a pride feeling so it's important definitely yeah so uh wildcats we you know there was a lot of a lot of push for the jmu game i'd say this one is no different wildcats need your help out there uh this weekend i mean it's homecoming weekend everybody's going to be out there decked out in purple it's going to be throwback from what i hear so uh flying w will make an appearance on the helmets of all the players this weekend so that's going to be a lot of fun but make sure that you get out there get your tickets uh i will personally be in attendance this will be my last home football game for quite a while so if you want to come hang out with me this is it we're leaving tomorrow on the next day so come hang out down uh at stewart stadium this this friday night at eight o'clock tailgate starts at six uh, but George, I want to talk a little bit about this opponent. Now we talked about, um, we talked about last season, you know, kind of leading up to this season, had a couple of heartbreaks thus far this season. Um, and now Montana state comes to town, a team that has been very good. Uh, they've had some, some pretty, pretty, I'd say signature wins. They've had some pretty big wins thus far, but I think one of the best things that they have going for them right now is the fact that they've got junior running back, Isaiah Fonse, who is running the ball super well for them as a guy who plays on the defensive line. Talk to us a little bit about that and how Wildcats deal with a, a big physical back like Ifonse, because we've seen, we've seen guys like this before in, you know, in, in other, for other teams, talk to us a little bit about how, you know, Wildcats are going to do their best to deal with this uh, very powerful running game. So it comes back to what kind of offense they run to. And it's not always that complicated. So if you stay in your gap and you make the tackle, you're most likely going to stop them. So it it comes down to missed tackles. You don't want to have any of those. So we practice that. We have been and we keep emphasizing it every week because Every week you have to tackle. So when you deal with a running back that's a little tougher and a little faster and a little stronger, tackling is going to be the key. So, George, I've, we've heard Jay Hill and some of the players on the weekly press conference just talk about doing the little things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and you've mentioned tackling. I mean, what are the other little things that, that you guys are focusing on? It seems like that's the theme to me uh, throughout the past few weeks is like, look, if we just do a few of the, the little things, these games turn out differently. Right. So it's like how the greatest, the coaches, the greatest based on assignment, alignment, and technique. It's not about if you make plays, yes, that's an extra bonus, but you have a job to do. You have to line up at a certain spot. You have to do the job in a certain way, which is your responsibility. And then you have to do it under a certain technique. So those are the little things that add up. And some of the last couple of games, somebody wasn't in their gap. You know what I mean? They missed their gap. They missed their alignment or their technique wasn't good enough. And they missed the tackle and it creased up for whatever. So that's, that's how that works. 
I, I love that. I know we've heard players mention it. You know, I've never been there to formally see it, but we've heard players mention over the past couple of years, we've been doing this, the plan to win. Um, you, you mentioned your grading scale. I love that. It's very pragmatic, right? Like there's wins don't just come because they, they come because, because people put in effort and do their, do their job and, and get graded on it and are accountable. Right? I, I love that about, uh, about the way Jay Hill and the staff coaches up there. Yeah, that's definitely true. Coach Hill is doing a really good job just letting the team with a plan to win and putting us all on the same page. Like I said earlier, football it's it's its own poetry, so you gotta you gotta love it. <laughs> uh Jess Goyler, last question for George Charles before we let him go. Okay, so the Bobcats are right in the middle of the conference with their passing game. So how do you and your teammates um, on the defensive line approach a quarterback like McKay, who has really shown that he has the ability to get it out there quick and fast and can throw it quite a ways when he wants to? Yeah, so there's plays where he gets the ball out quick. There's plays he has to draw back. Obviously, that's a whole defense strategy. You, if you have good defensive backs playing good defense, that would give the D line more time. You know, he will throw first three, first three balls. He might not get it, so he's going to have to slow down. So that would give us time to get to the QB. Now, something else is a D line we could do. It's always, you know, raise your hands up if you feel the quick pass and trying to get a PBU. But I think it's a whole defense thing. It's not just the D line. You know, if we put pressure to the QB, then the DBs can get a pick. If the, the DBs put pressure to the QB, <laughs> to the receivers, we get a chance to go get a sack. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Super excited to see you play this weekend, George. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, George, like we said, uh, really excited to see you play uh, Wildcats coming in off the bye week and facing a uh, ranked Montana State. I think the, the, the latest pull I saw went nine. So it'll be a nine versus 19 matchup in Ogden on on Friday night, 8 p.m. Like we said, tailgate starts at six o'clock. So if you want to be up there, be a part of it, show up at six, be ready to do some grilling. And then uh, we'll all head into the stadium to watch George and his teammates take on the Bobcats and um, hopefully get a, a homecoming dub. So George, wanted to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly and wish you the best. Thank you. And good night. Good night. You too. All right. Uh, really appreciate George Tarlis for hopping on, chatting with us a little bit uh, about the game, about his journey from Greece. Like we said, that guy can, that guy can cook, man. So uh, I know he's warming up, but man, wouldn't mind seeing him out there in that tailgate scene. What about you guys? <laughs> I told him before I... I'll trade him. I'll trade him a brisket for uh, for a lamb cook any day. Let's. I think that sounds like a something we should actually do. Oh yeah. And I'm really okay to come out and taste test both and see if it's the lamb or brisket that comes. I'm willing to take that sacrifice. That's right. We could probably we could find a few people. <laughs> That's the tough job, right, Jessica? That's the tough. It job. is. I'm willing to do it though. <laughs> before, before before we move on from football, just to. A couple of quick notes. Uh, we don't have any audio from the J Hill press conference this week, but uh, they are expecting a lot of people back from injury. Uh, a lot of people, uh, even even Des Williams, they said, is getting really close to being back. Oh, eyebrows raised. Wouldn't mind having Desmond Williams back in the secondary. I'm not sure we see him a ton this week, but he's there. He's getting there. Uh, That's great. Ky Kylan Weiser, uh, broke, 
believe he said his fibula. It was a, a pretty good break. Mm-hmm. He's going to be out for a while. He was playing extremely well. Um, kind of sad to see that go. That kid was was really playing well for the games he was in. Um, and strange note, you know, this is Weaver's played. If you, if you, this would be four straight ranked teams at home at Stewart Stadium, going back to Southern Illinois in the playoff game last year. And Brett Hine tweeted earlier tonight because somebody had asked him, I mean, hopefully we, we don't lose this game. I don't think we will. But if we, if we lose this game, that's the first time since Jay Hill's first season that they will have lost four straight home games. Oh, wow. So stakes are high in Ogden this week. Um, and I think also we've talked a little bit about this on the show about how um, right now the Wildcats sitting at just one conference loss. And there are other teams in the conference who have suffered that Davis losing this weekend, surprisingly to Idaho state. So the door is open for the Wildcats to potentially get back in the hunt for a conference championship, but they're going to have to take care of business these next two weeks because tough game against Montana state. And then next weekend, making the trip up to Cheney to play the Eagles on the on the red turf in the Inferno, and the Eagles are currently ranked number two in the country. Eric Berrier just absolutely slinging it right now. So critical two weeks for the Wildcats in the next couple of weeks to see how things are going to shake out for another conference championship and a, uh, an opportunity to make the playoffs. Well, having 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 Eastern Washington beat Montana, I think really helped Weber State because yeah. we don't we don't face Montana head to head. That's uh, so having them take a loss, you know, we, we have a chance against the other two leading teams being Montana state this week, Eastern Washington in a few weeks. Uh, if we win those games, I mean, it's very hard for anybody to, to run the table in the big sky conference. And it it hardly ever happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, And that was so evident with the Idaho state win this weekend, just such a surprise. So, but good news. I love, love to see things mixed up there a little bit. Yeah, I think the thing that surprised me the most about that game was that Hunter Rodriguez was in that game and they just absolutely got dominated by Idaho State. I don't think anybody expected to see that uh, because, you know, I mean, I don't I don't I don't know if Alonzo Gilliam played in that game. But I mean, with Hunter Rodriguez back in the game, presumably Davis would roll over Idaho State, who has been very mediocre this year. You know, they looked really good, but they've lost Tyler Vanderwall and that hurts their offense quite a bit. Uh, was a really great quarterback for them in the spring, was number two in the conference in passing yards behind Eric Berrier. So I don't think anybody expected the Bengals to really put on a show in Pocatello, but they did. And uh, I don't think it was for them, it, you know, very early on, it wasn't in doubt that they were going to, they were going to cruise if they could just keep it up. So surprise yeah. seeing Davis lose in Pocatello last weekend. But like yeah, you said, definitely exciting. Yeah, an opportunity for the Wildcats if they can take care of business in the next couple of weeks, because this is a critical stretch, not only for, you know, being in the conversation for a conference championship, because it doesn't look like anybody's really going to win out. I think we're probably going to have a three way tie, folks, for the conference championship this year, but also making a case to the committee to say the Wildcats should be in the playoffs. And because uh, if they don't, it'll be the first time since 2016. Well, I guess technically 2015 that the Wildcats haven't made the playoffs. They've been in the playoffs every year since then. So big, and, big and couple of weeks way. coming up. Davis, I mean, Davis plays Eastern Washington too. I mean, Davis isn't out of the hunt, right? They, 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 they're still in the hunt for playoffs too. So they, you know, they can, they can play spoiler in a few games coming down the stretch here in the conference conference season. Yeah. All right. So we talked a little bit about football. Of course, we want to just reiterate folks, come, come tailgate with us, uh, come hang out on Friday night. It's going to be a good time. And then uh, let's head into the game. The game will be on ESPNU. So it'll be on national television. So um, big opportunity for the Wildcats to show out. I'm a little bit nervous because it seems like every time we're on ESPN, things don't go our way. <laughs> so 
I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, all right, let's talk. Let's talk volleyball now, guys. You guys ready to talk some volleyball? Oh yes. Oh, me too, man. Jessica, man, we had some. I mean, it's some matches this week, and I think Tuesday match against Idaho State was weird. Can we all agree that that was weird? A Tuesday mm-hmm. match. Yeah, the Tuesday match was closer than the Thursday match. So surprisingly, surprised, right? Yeah. Yep. No one expected that. So Tuesday night, the Wildcats faced the Idaho State Bengals in the Swenson to continue the win streak. Uh, swept them in straight sets. Uh, took really took care of business. I don't think anybody expected the Bengals to come in and give the Wildcats much of a fight, and they didn't. Wildcats had no trouble this week sweeping them in straight sets. But I think the the surprising thing in this match was Sam Sheese led all Wildcats with eleven kills that night. I mean. I feel like Sam Sheese has been really getting in more involved with the offense lately. Of course, you know, being a middle blocker, it's her job to defend the net. Uh, and, and we've seen that in the past, of course, and she's there. But I feel like, you know, there's just been this, um, I don't know, this season, she's been really doing a lot of really interesting stuff up front. And those kills, they're just resounding, like just like little pop over the net. And bam, dude, like no doubt is she putting that one on the floor. Uh, I don't know. Do you all feel like this is a theme now? Sam Sheese with these high hit percentages and you know, figuring more into the offense. She has been so fun to watch, especially these last few games. Um, and she's there in a pinch. Um, oftentimes whenever the team, you know, the team they're playing starts to get on a run, Sam is almost always the person who will come in and bring it back. So she has been fun to watch. It's great to see this team grow together. So it's not just one person carrying the whole team and it's really spread out. And Sam has been dang impressive these last few games. Yeah, she absolutely has. And um, I I have to agree because it feels like she's really starting to kind of find the spot. Um, We're going to talk about another middle blocker coming up here in just a minute in Bailey Bodily. But a couple more thoughts on the Idaho State match before we we wrap this one up and start talking about the Northern Colorado match, which I'm really excited to talk about. But uh, I mean, hashtag A-State, guys. I mean, A-State is in effect right now up in the Swenson. They had eight against Idaho State. Two came from Rylan Adams. And two came from Michaela Sorensen. And then, of course, you know, Danny Nay had some. And, uh, you know, some of the usual suspects that you would expect to have the aces. But two from Ryan Adams and two from Michaela Sorensen has really got me thinking, like, man, this is just this this stable of servers that the Wildcats have is really uh, really impressive because, I mean, everybody expects Danny Nay to hit aces, and she does. But, man, everybody's kind of getting involved with A-State. What are you guys' thoughts there? I think it's been awesome to watch. I think they did great versus Idaho State. They did even better uh, versus Northern Colorado. Um, Danny is still up high in the national rankings. I think she might be four now. I'm waiting for her to get back number one again. But um, it's been great to see the whole team. I really think, you know, I, I wonder what practice looks like during the week when they're practicing serves because I think you're spot on in that it's really... Just, just like kills, it's something that we're really, the more and more we play together and this team has been together for a while now, we're really starting to see how, how it's continuing to build. And I think service aces are just one example of that. Yeah. Chappie, any thoughts on ace state thus far and kind of the way the Wildcats have been able to dominate from the back row? You know, it's, it's fun to see as good as they were as a team last year, they've even gotten or in the spring, they've even gotten better this year. And, uh, absolutely enjoyable to see other folks step up besides Danny Nay. She's always been a, a powerhouse in this department, but 
it's contagious. It's good. Sometimes, uh, sometimes other people having a really good skill around you makes you have that skill too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're seeing it right now. I mean, uh, lots of folks getting involved. And so let's talk a little bit about Northern Colorado. Um, when we came into this match on Thursday, we hyped it up in the last week's show, letting people know like, Hey, this team is coming to Ogden and this is going to be a big match. They came in undefeated as did the Wildcats. So it was clash of the Titans in the big sky conference. The last two undefeated teams coming to meet together in Ogden where the Wildcats obviously have an advantage in the Swenson gym. And, uh, no, no, I, I think, I mean, I think it's safe to say everybody expected this match to go five. I mean, Jessica Chappie, did, I mean, would you guys say that you expected this one to go five? Yeah, definitely expected to go five. Left the house and was like, I'll be here in two hours and 20 minutes. It's going yeah. the whole way. And that third set for them to just get six points, like we looked good. Um, and the third set, how the team just came together and it Northern Colorado didn't really have a chance. Um, I, you, you could see that they were a little discombobulated over there. Uh, sometimes, you know, we could just see where the gap was on the court and we hit it right to that spot. It was so fun to see the team come together. I was walking out and mentioned to one of my friends, like that went a heck of a lot faster than I ever would have anticipated it. it I just expected it to be a closer game and really I, you know, looking back at the stats, I wouldn't have guessed that Northern Colorado was an undefeated team. And I don't know at that point, if it was the balance of just how good we played and maybe how poorly, you know, they just weren't working together or, if, you know, we're just continuing to get that much better game after game. But it, it was an awesome game to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, after the broadcast or after the, the match, we did a post-game broadcast um, and Brandon came over in and said, what's up to us? You know, he, he's the voice of the Wildcats for volleyball. And, um, he was like, Brandon Garside came on and said, Hey man, like, can you believe how fast that was? I was like, I can't like, I, like you said, everybody expected this to go five. Uh, these are clash of two heavyweights in the big sky conference. These teams have faced each other in the last two big sky conference championships. One of those was on their floor in, in Greeley and the Wildcats took care of business in that one. But the absolute domination, especially like you said, Jessica, in set three, Wildcats ended up winning that that set. What twenty five to six? Let me check the let me check the box score really quickly. But uh, I think it was just absolute domination. It was twenty five to six, unbelievable. Like that's that's I wouldn't expect that against you know some of the the lesser teams in the conference, let alone one of the best teams in the conference. Just everything was just clicking for the Wildcats. Yeah, it really, really was an awesome game. And I kept telling myself, I'm like, they're going to pull it together and we're still going to go to five, right? I just got to emotionally prepare myself <laughs> to see it. And <laughs> and Weaver State just played awesome. The number of kills that they had was fantastic. The number of service aces, I think they had 12. Um, just, just a fantastic <laughs> game. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that third set because they had a 478 hit percentage. And like we said, we sort of mentioned this in the last match with Sam Sheese, where a lot of these, um, I don't know, like sometimes they get set up by Ashlyn Power. Sometimes it's just good defense. Sam Sheese is there on the net and she just kind of, bam, just kind of like puts it back down. But 478 hit percentage in that in that set. I mean, especially dominating 25 to six, like, what do you make of that? Like, is that just, is that a scheme thing? Is that just finding the holes? Because Daisy Schultz, who is, you know, sort of the Ashland power for Northern Colorado, she's kind of one of their best setters ever. Um, there were some times where she struggled on, on say getting everything set up for some of the outside hitters for Northern Colorado. So what do you make of that hit percentage? And 
you know, some of that defense you saw from, from the bears. I think definitely the bears didn't have their best night out on the court. I think when they, you know, went back and had a conversation, I I sat over on that side of the court and just watching them, it just felt like it wasn't meshing. So there was definitely something to that. They just couldn't get set right to be ready for the kills. And I think, you know, when, Sam or Danny or any of them are hitting it over the court. Like you got to be a little bit prepared for that hit because it's coming in hot. And they, it, part of it was they just weren't ready. The other part is we just meshed so well. I had to go pull what our average is for the season on hit percentage and it's 216. So to have 478, like we were knocking our own average out of the park with that hit percentage. And I think part of it was just, we felt good. That was the game that we expected, you know, I, I think all the women out there expected expected the game to go five and to be sitting in that third set feeling rather confident, confident and it just kept growing as we went through the game. You could see uh, that hit percentage grow. So I think it was a variety of factors that really came in uh, just Northern Colorado, not being set properly and not being ready for the hit, but also us just being really proud and playing that last game hot. Yeah, so Chappie, it feels like the Wildcats are a team that likes to kind of, it feels like they kind of heat up as time goes on. They don't come right out and and, and, and knock you over the head, but as the match wears on, it feels like that's where they find their grit. And uh, this match, I think, was definitely that way, starting out with a 156 hit percentage, then it jumps way up to 344. And then finally, like we just talked about, 478, which is just astronomical. Like, that's just an insane number. Like, I mean, do you think that that's something that is going to continue or a team's going to kind of start to scheme and figure out that like, all right, if we can just keep them slow, you know, maybe they'll go away. I don't know. Like, talk to me about what you think about that ramp up the way the Wildcats have been able to do it. It's interesting to see, but I, you know, it sounds like it's, it's a coaching decision for them to be that way. Uh, But, you know, coach Larson always has them prepared, you know, and obviously you want to finish stronger. Uh, that's, that's in, in any sport, that's what you're going for is finishing stronger instead of coming out of the gate and uh, you, know, you can be both, but it, they've done a great job of it. It's uh, clearly a result of coach Larson, the players just doing what they do well. Yeah. And uh, one last note here before we, before we move off of this to our game, um, the, it feels like, and we mentioned this, I talked to Amanda Varley about this on uh, the live stream after the match on Thursday night, that felt like the block has gotten progressively better, that we've seen kind of this improvement. Everybody's kind of getting figured out because I think that the loss of Caroline Broadhead hurt the, the team more than maybe they thought it, it would. Uh, but we're starting to see folks step up. And one of those people is Bailey Bodley. I feel like Bailey Bodley has gotten a lot of good minutes lately, and she's really made the most of them defending well and being a part of the team, uh, looking at the stats on, uh, on Thursday night, I think she led all blockers. Yeah. She led all blockers with six. I mean, the next closest was Emma Mangum who had a big game there as well. You know, Emma Mangum really stepping into that role as well up, up front, but it feels like the block is really kind of improving. I mean, what do you guys make of that? Is that that's something you think that will continue to improve now that, you know, maybe they've kind of cracked the code because there were definitely some matches in the non-conference schedule that we ended up struggling because, you know, the Wildcats just couldn't find that block. They struggled to defend the ball and so just couldn't couldn't get it set. What do you guys think about the block and, you know, your thoughts as things have kind of gone on this season? I think last year it would be, you know, 
we, we played well overall. I think the block was exactly what you said. Sometimes where we suffered, I think coming into this season, we saw it a little bit as well. And I was like, Oh, is it going to be the same? And I think really the last four or five games is where things have started to come together. Bailey wasn't one of the players that we talked a whole lot about, right? No. Being a freshman, I suppose that makes sense. Um, but she has really grown into herself and is definitely, um, when it comes to blocking, one of the folks that is there, um, and has done just a really good job. And I think, you know, I haven't looked at her stats. I'd have to pull those up. But over the last few games is where we've really started to talk to, about her a little bit more. So I'm excited. Once again, I just think this team is continuing to grow and mesh together. I think it's awesome um, that it's, you know, th- the same team playing and that we have a lack of injuries going on. And so they're just continuing to practice together. And you can tell each and every game how much they're improving. So, yeah, definitely um, I think Bailey is going to continue to do well with the block and she's going to be one of those players that we talk about more this season, but also more in the years to come as well. Chappie, any thoughts on the block before we wrap up this segment? She's playing well. That's really what you can say. These two programs are uh, Northern Colorado and Weber have been the class of the conference for the past few years. And it's, you know, it seems like we've got their number, which is great. It does feel like that the Wildcats have really you know, been able to crack the code on Northern Colorado, sweeping them in the spring and then uh, and then beating them in the conference finals in their in their own gym. And now having them come to, to Swenson and taking care of business, extending the string. I think it's at 22 now, I think is where it's at. So 22 match home winning streak in the Swenson. And um, I think the Wildcats are starting to peak at just the right time, figuring things out, meshing the way Jessica said, and uh, having big, big opportunities for freshmen like Bailey Bodily to step up. Uh, looked at the stats. Of course, she had six on Thursday night, but she also had three. She was tied with Danny Nay with three blocks on Tuesday night in straight sets against the Bengals. So uh, really good to see some of the growth of, of this talent that has been recruited because, uh, man, we, we talked about them being probably the best team that we've ever seen. And it looks like um, there's an opportunity if the, the door is open for the Wildcats to maybe make another appearance in the NCAA tournament. So um, they've got, they're going to be on the road this week. The Wildcats will taking on SUU and then going down to Flagstaff where they, that was their only conference loss last season was in Flagstaff. So we'll see how those two matches go. But we'll talk about that here a little bit later. We have that in our events section coming up. So let's uh, let's wrap up volleyball, guys, and let's get to our game. Uh, before we do, I wanted to shout out our sponsor, Wildcat Rack. Uh, if you're looking for some cool stuff for homecoming, I've got some things that we're working on right now. Hopefully some things that you folks will like if the university um, agrees to allow us to print them, some things that could be really cool. But we've also got uh, this really cool shirt we had printed today. Got the prototype myself. We've got a, uh, a Stewart Stadium shirt coming out real, real soon. And so that's on our social media channel. Go ahead and check Wildcat Rack on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, there's a there's an opportunity to check out that new Stewart Stadium shirt, which should be available, I think, in the next couple of days, just uh, securing a couple more things. And it uh, looks like we're going to have some folks printing those up for us. So looking forward to it. So special thanks to Wildcat Rack and uh, all they do to support Weber State. All right. Now... Buy and sell. I've got a great game for you guys. I hope you are you guys excited. Are you ready? Buy and sell. So I've got so some. No, okay. I hope you are because I've got some some scenarios for you here, and I'm going to ask you to buy and or sell. But I want you to tell me why briefly. So the very first scenario I have for you all is, as we know, the Wildcats have traditionally struggled to come on come back after a bye week and. Um, 
there's been a lot of L's coming out of the bye. And so uh, if, if, if I guess tradition holds, Wildcats are going to lose on Friday night coming off the bye week. You buying or selling? Chappie, let's start with you. Uh, they will not lose. So we, we exercised the bye week demon in the spring season with the Hail Mary win against Northern Arizona. So <laughs> the demons are gone. But the reality is we talked about this a lot in the spring. And what we discovered was that Weber State did tend to struggle uh, coming off of bye weeks. But more than anything, they tended to struggle because they were always playing Northern Arizona off of the bye week. <laughs> Seemingly. Oh, so pesky. Yes. So uh, I think the boys are ready. I think they'll be ready this week. I mean, they know that there's not a whole lot of, a whole lot of room for error left in this season. If they want to get to the playoffs to uh, win a kind of conference title. So uh, they, if there's any bye week to come off of and be excited to play, it'll be this one. Okay. So Chappie's selling on that one. He thinks the Wildcats are going to roll on Friday night. If they take the win, what about four you? Home games, like four home games, like four straight home game losses like that. That doesn't seem plausible just from a percentage standpoint. I think the tweet I saw earlier tonight said that they, they hadn't lost four home games since Jay Hill's first year. And then from the entire time up until the last spring season, they had lost or to now they had lost four games. So, I mean, this four home games, so this would be four. It just seems improbable. They're going to have four home losses in a row. Mm. Jessica, what do you think you buying or selling on the Wildcats losing on Friday night after the bye week? I am also selling. I don't know that I have as much reasoning there, but I do think we've got a lot of folks coming off injury. I think we're going to have a lot of energy going into this. And I do think the same thing Chappie said, this means a lot. Um, I think the boys know that we can't continue to lose games and still have a chance at the playoffs. And so I think that they're going to come out ready to play on Friday night. It'll be a fun Friday night game. Um, Like you said, it'll, uh, be nationally televised. And I think that we are going to come out of this with a win. Okay. So there you have it, folks. Our panel both selling on the Wildcats losing on Friday night to the Montana State Bobcats coming in ranked number nine against number 19 Weber State. Now let's go on to volleyball. Wildcats are going to be on the road this week against SEU and NAU. Like we noted, the only place that the Wildcats lost in the spring was in Flagstaff. I think uh, I'm going to put the scenario as the Wildcats come back with a split one and one, one win, one loss. You buying or selling? Dustin Chapman, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm, I'm also selling that. Uh, <laughs> the team's playing well. I mean, I, I, you can't. How do you bet against a winning team? Right. You know, and SUU is near the bottom of the conference standings. Northern Arizona's right there in the middle of the pack. And yes, it, it is always tough to go to Flagstaff it, for whatever reason. Heck, they might they might not even be able to get there this week because of snow. Who knows? You just never know in that part of uh, that part of Arizona. They get some crazy weather up there, but um, they're playing well. I mean, it, six and zero in conference. They're on a six game win streak. It's hard to bet against a team that's that's doing that. Okay. Chappie's going to sell Jessica Euler. What about you buying or selling on the Wildcats coming back with a split? Well, I'm totally selling that nonsense. Um, <laughs> they, <laughs> they are coming back. They're winning both of them. 
Um, I know that we asked George earlier, how do you feel about a spring season? Do you feel like that was good for you or bad for you? I think for our volleyball team, it was great to have the spring season. It feels like we never stop playing volleyball. I think the team just continues to get better and better. And I think we're coming back with two W's. Okay. Our panel is selling again on the Wildcats coming back with a split. They think they're going 2-0 and on the road. Uh, let's talk a little bit of soccer. Uh, we haven't given soccer a lot of love this season, but they've been playing well in conference. Did drop a match to, at Northern Arizona over the weekend, but got back to winning ways against SUU, winning that match 1-0 and are now 4-1, and one, I believe, on in conference play. So this weekend, uh, soccer is going to be taking on Portland State, who's got a pretty good record, but are kind of middle of the pack when it comes to conference play. And then Sac State, who uh, is kind of toward the bottom of the conference standings right now. What do you think? Wildcats going 2-0 this week, but playing both at Wildcat Soccer Field. Chappie, what about you? Buying or selling? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the, take the split here. <laughs> we've, we've, okay. we've been optimistic for everybody else. The soccer team is much improved, and kudos to them. Uh, you know, there was clearly not a, an easy transition there from Tim Crompton going to the soccer coach to being the athletic director. Uh, they struggled for a little bit, and that program seems to be back on track. They're in second place in the conference right now, but yeah, a split's good for them this weekend. Okay. If you're picking Chappie, who you, who do you think that the Wildcats lose to? Uh, I would say it will be Portland state. Portland state with a better record. Um, you know, obviously conference records don't necessarily show the quality of what they've done. And so I can understand Chappie selling or he's buying and he's saying, you know what? Or he's selling on this one and saying, hey, I think it's going to be a split. Jessica Euler, what about you? Wildcats getting two dubs this this week? Buying or selling? I am buying this one. Um, I think that our soccer team looks great. Um, I think that being at home, if one of the games is away, I might vote differently. But I do think being at home, they're going to come away with two wins. And I'll be there watching them this weekend. So um, I think I think they can get it done. Okay. I mean, good point by Jessica. Both these matches will be at Wildcat Soccer Field. So the home advantage will be there for them. Um, last one, and then we'll wrap up the show. George Tarlis is going to log two sacks on Friday night. George currently leads the team with four sacks, solo sacks. Um, what do you guys think? George Tarlis getting two sacks on Friday night? Buying or selling? Chappie? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm buying that one. They. Okay. Interestingly, like Cal Poly, they were in the backfield the whole night. And it seemed like in the prior, pretty much every game this season, you're sitting there watching it thinking they need to get more pressure on the quarterback. They need to get more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, they lived in the backfield against Cal Poly. And so I'm, I'm, my, my hope is that the trend just continues, that they, they discovered how to get that pressure, how to scheme that correctly, and that uh, – yeah, we'll give George some love. George came on the show. He's going to have a little uh, Weber State Weekly good luck on his side. All right. Chappie's buying, selling. Yeah, George Tarlis coming away with two sacks. What about you, Jessica? What do you think? George Tarlis? George Tarlis coming gonna away with two sacks? I'm going to be unpopular and say no. I'm going to sell this. Let's I think sell. he's great. And I really want to try the lamb that he roasted this weekend, but two sacks. I'm going to go with he can have one sack and a forced fumble. Um, so I feel like that's a good split. I'll, I'll take that bet, but not two sacks. 
Okay. I like the inclusion of the forced fumble. You know, George is the one that caused the forced fumble at Dixie State while they were threatening, took the ball away and probably took three points away as well because Dixie was well in Wildcat territory. And George said, I don't think so. Ended up getting this, this, the fumble and coming away with the turnover. So I also would like to see the Wildcats get a few more turnovers because it's been a, it's been a struggle this year. Uh, traditionally it has, and the Wildcats have been very good at taking the ball away, but this year not quite as good. Um, and so, Okay, I like it. One sack, one forced fumble. I like it. So, folks, that's buy or sell. Uh, let's wrap up the show. Uh, we've got some matches coming up this week, like we said. So, Thursday, October 14th, it's going to be volleyball at SUU taking on the Birds in Cedar City. And uh, that's going to be on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. So, feel free to watch that one. I mean, I love I love this ESPN Plus thing, guys. I, I, I think I say that every episode, but I really do. It's, it's, it's such a nice thing to have. I came home on Friday, on Saturday after doing some stuff. I had to load up the trailer to get ready to move and just flip on a bunch of games. All the Big Sky games are right there for you. It's great. Uh, Friday, October 15th, soccer is going to be taken on Sac State at Wildcats Soccer Field. That match will be at 3 p.m. You can also watch it on ESPN+. And then later that night, football versus Montana State. It's the homecoming game. Throwback jerseys will be in effect, so we'll see the flying W on the helmet. Uh, tailgate starts at 6 p.m. Game starts at 8 p.m. The game will be on ESPNU or 103.1 The Wave. I'm sure you can also watch it on ESPN+. And then Saturday, October 16th, softball is going to be taken on College of Southern Idaho, 1 p.m. at Wildcat Softball Field. This is sort of like a fall training for the, for the Wildcats over there. So if you're interested and you want to go check it out, head over to Wildcat Softball Field. And then volleyball taken on NAU up in Flagstaff. I mean, it's up there, folks. They're like, what, Chappie, 6,400 feet up there, something like that? It's, it's like, yeah, it was, I think it was 3,000 feet higher than Ogden. I was like, that's freaking high. Yeah. Yeah, it's high up there. And so we've noted it before that the ball flies a little bit different up there. So volleyball at NAU, 7 p.m. ESPN Plus on Saturday night. And then finally, Sunday, October 17th, soccer is going to be taken on Portland State, 1 p.m. at Wildcat Soccer Field. ESPN Plus is the place or just show up and uh, check out the match. So, folks, that's the show we have for you. Uh, you can email us if you have suggestions, want to ask questions, whatever. WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go ahead and check us out there. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash WeberStateWeekly if you want to support us in trying to buy cool tools like the one you're seeing in front of you. And then we got a blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. We've been a little bit busy with um, a lot of life transitions lately, but um, hopefully some, some more content for the blog in the coming weeks once things kind of settle down a little bit. We've got a couple of commits lately for football that we'd like to get some interviews in for. So content coming. But if you want to check out what's been out there, go to WeberStateWeekly.com and check out the blog. So with that, we'll wrap up the show like we usually do, folks. Thanks for taking some time, Chappie and Jessica Euler, to chat with us tonight. And I'll say it like I always do, Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Oh!